Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80. Say play ESPN. We're on your smart speakers. Download the podcast. Jay, Harry Douglas, Max. in for Key. Good morning, good morning. Miss Green. We are presented Kevin. by Progressive Insurance. Guys, we talked about Kevin Durant, uh, the whole story with KD oh, earlier. Woj, Woj uh, you know, has it up on ESPN.com right now. There's one element of the story we haven't gotten into um, yet. Listen to this quote from, from Woj's piece. In previous seasons, rival agents and players would tell you of Durant's eagerness in talking to potential free agents. So far... That hasn't been the case with him, sources told Woj. Jay, is that an indicator? What does that mean? Well, if KD is usually recruiting this time of year, right, and he's not now, does that indicate maybe he is either not planning on being there or hedging his bets? The dude has Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, who is getting <laughs> healthy, Joe Harris, Coming. Seth Curry, mm-hmm. Who who does he need to recruit? He's already got everyone. <laughs> it's more like how do I sit down with Sean Marks and figure out like what do we do with Bruce Brown? How do we get him back? Uh, what's up with Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin? Like our our we our age of our bigs are a little bit bigger. But if I'm coming around, I, there's no need. I'm not picking up the phone to call Javel McGee. So like Sean Marks, that, you can handle that. So doesn't that indicate that? And we we got to talk about this throughout the show, but so. Who has the leverage there? Because earlier I was saying, I'm going to fold. If KD's like, look, you either give Kyrie the money or I'm out, I'm folding. You got it, Kyrie, here's your money. So I wouldn't even start playing games with Kyrie. However, if, the, if KD is indicating, based on what you said, Jay, he understands I got everything I need here already. Why do I need to recruit anybody? All the kind of peripheral stuff the GM can take care of. I already got Kyrie. I got Ben Simmons. Joe Harris, come back. I got Seth Curry to shoot. All that stuff. Doesn't that give the team some leverage? Because they know, come on, KD, we know you, we, you know we set you up love here, right? I, I don't think so because Kevin Durant is the chess piece. He's the guy that you need to drive everything that makes everything works. We've already seen Kyrie try to do it by himself. We know what KD is. KD is arguably one of the best scores, if not the best score that we ever, this game has ever seen. And he happens to be 6'10", 6'11", while doing it. We know he's a centerpiece. And I will go back to that series that we mentioned earlier, the Milwaukee Bucks. And what KD did in that series, especially when Kyrie Irving got hurt and coming, what, a toe away from, what was that? They would, they would have went up, what? No, they, they would have won, won that. That, that was game seven. That was game seven, right? Yeah. No they James Harden, really. He was limping, yeah, that's, right? That's what I'm and saying. no Kyrie. So we know Kevin Durant is the centerpiece of all this working. So in my eyes, I think Kevin Durant is in the driver's seat, and he has the power. In all of this, I, I laugh at this because this is Max. You know I love chess. Right, I was a captain of my chess team in high mm. school. Like, I love I, chess I, too. I'm nerdy like that. I don't, I don't give a damn. I love it. Even going to Central Park and seeing guys play, like you know. So people will say that Kevin Durant is the most powerful piece on the chessboard, right? He's the queen. But what happens as you play throughout the course of a game? If you're able to continue to advance upon and advance upon, and you get to the other side, you can choose another piece from all the other pieces. You can even choose another queen. And what I, what I say about the Brooklyn Nets is they have two queens on their team. You have two powerful pieces, right? You have Kevin Durant and Kyrie. 
And if you have two queens together on the same team, that gives you the best odds to win a championship. So I know people may say, like, well, there's a lot that comes with Kyrie and, you know, is he going to show up and we need these stipulations. But at the end of the day. It's about winning. It's about winning. And, winning and these dudes together give, me the best give you the best odds to win a championship. But I think the, I, 100%. And, I Max, wherever that. you try to trade him, if you're another team, you have to realistically think about, does Kyrie Irving want to be here? I, I totally does he agree really with what you're here? saying. I think that the Nets must view Kyrie. when it, but The skills package is undeniable, the talent and the skill, and the results that he can achieve when he's on the court and when he's right. But I think they probably look at him more like a rook because he than a queen because he misses games for listen. However, well, but that was a unique circumstance. That was that was injury. Whatever it is, he gets on the floor half the time. He's on the floor half the time. So a queen's worth nine points. A rook is worth five, right? If you look at the value, and he is some diminished number from his highest value. If he's not available, that's what they want to guard against. Now, ultimately, I agree with you guys. Whatever the risk is. If he's got, if I already got KD and Kyrie, and KD's like, "Yo, I'm not going to be happy if he doesn't get paid. I'm not even doing this negotiation right now. Kyrie's already got his money if I'm the Nets. But that's what the Nets must be thinking. Like, I, the guys they hear half the time. That's. I mean, I said this before. There's nothing. Like, if you know the, if you know the end game, if you're KD and Kyrie, you're just going to sit there and wait. Yeah. I just wonder say, how you much you can negotiate all you want. I just wonder how much leverage I'm, – I'm not denying, Harry, that the most leverage is with KD. Yeah. But, but I don't think the Nets are without any leverage now that we're talking it through mm-hmm. because they must recognize that KD understands this really is the best situation for him. He don't want to mess it up either. So does that create a little pressure for KD to go to Kyrie and be like, look, they're drawing a line in the sand. I, I want you to get all your money, but like, look what we got going here. Well, I think Kevin Durant has to have that talk with him. And also, I think in all this that's going on, those two have to be in unison, right? Because those are the two who came over to Brooklyn and they did it together. So every move that these two guys make going forward have to be in unison with one another. It can't be Kyrie is making this decision, Kevin Durant is making that decision. These two guys have to be in unison from this point moving forward because when you look at last year, it wasn't that. And I also got to say, I understand Kyrie hasn't played over 50% of the game since he's even been in Brooklyn. But let's not act like we wasn't going through a pandemic, right? We just went through a pandemic. and Things that were was, a little funky. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why Kyrie Irving wasn't there last year, because of him not getting the vaccination. If, if it wasn't a pandemic, are we having that conversation? Doug in Detroit. You're on with Keyshawn J. Will and Harry Douglas is in oh, – sorry. Jay Will and Max. Harry Douglas is not in for Max. I'm, Max is right here. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Douglas is in for Key, as you can plainly see. What's up? What's up, Doug in Detroit? How's it going, gentlemen? Uh, I was just talking to my buddy, and I was like, man, I'm actually shocked. The, the Nets have to be extremely careful in this situation, because what if Kyrie says, hey, KD, uh, I'm going to go out and play in L.A.? Uh, L.A. is trying to get rid of a contract, and like Keyshawn always says, it doesn't matter if there's a contract. If a player goes to you and says, I want to be traded, I'm done here, you could be looking at a super-duper team in the Los Angeles Lakers, which would cause chaos in the NBA. But you'd have to be trading Westbrook. You're not going to get Kyrie for Westbrook. So the best you could do is get uh, deals that extend into the future on mid-range type players, two or three of them, 
that would be willing to take an expiring Westbrook contract in exchange so they could get some cap relief and then put those like it's you know like it'd be difficult to get Kyrie to the Lakers. And I hear people say that, but then I would ask the Nets, who the hell are you replacing Kyrie Irving with? Like people say, oh yeah, he's, who are you replacing him with? That's going to keep you in contention. Unless it's Damian Lillard or someone like that. But, but you Damian know, right. leaving Portland? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, Damian's been steadfast no. about that. Yeah. Steadfast. It would be if I could get for an expiring Westbrook deal, Malcolm Brogdon and someone else, and then put them around LeBron and AD. I like my chances actually. If I'm the Lakers. Trey and Little Rock. You're on with Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Harry Douglas in for Key today. Hello. Hey, what's going on, y'all? What's good, baby? How y'all doing? What's good? What you got? Yes, sir. Driving this big old truck. Hey, okay. <laughs> Where are you driving the truck to? Where are you driving the truck to? I'm coming from Dallas to Little Rock. All right, there you go. Yes, sir. Now, Jay, man, you're right. I mean, I think everybody over over complexing the situation. You got to turn I the mean, radio down. Kyrie. Turn your radio down so oh, we can okay. hear you. All right, now, now, oh, go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Jay, will, man, you're right. I mean, how's this gonna happen? I mean, yeah, these scenarios sound cool and all, but realistically, how is this trade gonna happen? I mean, they're not gonna send Russell Westbrook. They're trying to develop the team, and then Kyrie and KD. They got too much going on out there in Brooklyn. I mean, we can fantasize all we want about these scenarios, but I I just I can't see it happening. Trey, uh, I agree with you, but I'm just curious. What's it like when you're driving that truck from Dallas to Little Rock to be able to hang out with your boys (laughs) in the morning? It's pretty good, isn't it, Trey? Man, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. Y'all done got me through some things in my life, man. I listen Mm. to y'all every day, man, for real. So in a way, we're sort of like heroes, aren't we, Trey? And it doesn't cost Trey, you anything. Hey, it costs Trey. it costs three ninety nine. That's the best Trey. price there is. Trey, I'm gonna tell you something. Hey, hey. Respect for what it's you good. do, man. Driving those long distances through yeah. the night, man. That or like through the morning, like that. That's difficult, man. I'm glad we could be with you and kick it with you, brother. Seriously, yeah. real talk, man. Yeah, and Jay. Never Trey, mind, Jay, Trey. Jay, what about us? Anytime you're in Little Rock, yeah. come get some barbecue, bronze barbecue. We got the best barbecue in the south. Dumb baby. See, Trey, we're, we're helping people in their lives, Jay. Max. Would you let Trey focus on our greatness for a minute instead of always trying to turn it around? Max, to the, Max is hilarious. Man. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. That was Keyshawn J. Will and Harry. <laughs> Harry is in for Key. Harry's in for, in for someone for... today. I'm not sure if it's me, Jay, or Key, but here he is. Look at that, boy. Uh, wait a minute. We wait, wait. T- yeah, I'm here, here too. I need my I'm name up too. here now. I need my name. Let's get my name up here now. I'm here too, so I'm going to say he's either in for Key or for you, Jay. I'm not sure. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Harry Douglas in for Key today. We are joined now by Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider. You know him. You love him. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, and RV, and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it could be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE because you know what? Probably can be. All right, so Dan um, is joining us, giving the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Dan, listen to what Roger Goodell, we heard it coming in, but let's listen again to the sound at yesterday's congressional hearing. I have not seen a workplace in the NFL um, that is anywhere near what we saw in the context of that period of time for the Washington commanders. Yes or no, are you willing to do more? Yes, of course I'm willing to do more. I never said that we were going to stop. I actually said the opposite. But we you will have the continue. authority to recommend that Diane Snyder be removed as a team owner. Okay, the, you the, can recommend the that Diane Snyder be removed time has expired. The gentleman may answer her question. Your time has expired. You may answer her question. Should Dan Snyder be removed? I think removed? I'm good. Remove him. Will you remove him? I don't have the authority to remove him, Congresswoman. I think I'm good. It's Rashida Talib, the <laughs> firebrand, going at um, Roger Goodell. So you heard that from Goodell yesterday, Dan Graziano. What was your biggest takeaway from his testimony in front of Congress yesterday? Well, I mean, Roger Goodell is going to go. I mean, the NFL has good lawyers. Roger Goodell is going to show up there prepared, and 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 he knows what he wants to say and what he doesn't want to say. Look, he he doesn't have the authority to remove Dan Snyder as owner. That's technically true. Uh, it would require a vote of twenty four of the other owners. And right now, there's no indication that we're anywhere near that in terms of um, in, in terms of the, the appetite for removing one of their own. So uh, I think Roger Goodell did what he had to do yesterday, and. You know, he answered the questions the way you would probably have expected him to. I mean, you know, I've never seen a workplace like what we saw in Washington. You know, fair. How many of them have you investigated? Like, that's the right. They did an investigation into that one. So don't really know. I I think the NFL does not want the findings of that report on Washington's workplace culture to become public. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. that's obvious. Mm -hmm. They've worked hard to keep it secret. They're going to continue to do that. And what Congress is trying to do is pressure them to. Um, to make it public or continue to, to keep the heat on so that more continues to come out. So how significant is it for the House Oversight Committee to subpoena Daniel Snyder? Well, it's significant because now he has to go, right? I mean, now he doesn't have a choice. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think that'll be interesting because we hear Roger Goodell talk from time to time. You almost never hear Daniel Snyder. So the idea of him facing questions from a congressional committee under oath and, and presumably on TV, I think is very interesting to a lot of people because we don't know what he's going to say. We don't know how he's going to handle that situation. And certainly the people that are questioning him will be trying to put him in an uncomfortable position to where he reveals and or admits something that so far he hasn't. My guess is he'll go in well prepared too by his attorneys. Uh, but um, 
There'll be a lot of eyes on that one. You don't hear his voice very often. You know, then we were talking about this before, about, you know, if it goes to discovery and the opportunities, not only just about the Washington football team, but how owners have this need to protect each other because a lot of different things that are going on. I made mention of Stephen Ross and what happened with Brian Flores. There's, uh, you know, Jerry Jones. And there, there's a lot of other franchises where this could lead to issues. I mean, it already has. I mean, look at, like, the, the, the little tiny bit of information that came out about John Gruden's old emails got yeah. him, you know, forced him to resign as coach in Las Vegas. Like, th- 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 there's not – it's not ridiculous for us to sit here and assume there's, there's more – stuff in there that would put people in bad situations that, that could affect and or end careers. So, yeah, I, I think there is an element of circling the wagons here. What would it take for him to be removed as the owner of the Washington Commanders? 24 other owners would have to vote to remove him. And that's and, and look, I mean, Daniel Snyder is is a famously litigious man like like he would certainly sue for the right to to keep owning his team it would be a very ugly situation now if it got to that point and he was aware that at least 24 other owners wanted him out you know what's happened in the meantime maybe he does step aside but the last time something remotely like this happened was with Carolina Panthers but Jerry Richardson who was the owner at the time when those investigations started he he agreed to it right he decided yeah, he, 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 yes. i will sell the team i'll, I'll get out of the way yeah dan we, like the one thing we gloss over is as much as they love owning the teams and if you've yeah. got billions and billions hey you get to own it what else would you do with your money right most of us I get to own an nfl team but the punishment in this case is usually you're gonna have to take four billion dollars and get it's not like he just gives away the team he right. makes a lot exactly. of money from it yeah so but again what would he do? Would he would he push back? Well, I, I think it's fair to assume, given what we know about the guy, that he would that he would fight it. Here's the thing, from my perspective, when you talk about the owners, and it would take 24 of the 32. How many of those owners are really willing to say, okay, we want to remove Daniel Snyder? I don't think a lot of these guys, if any, want to live in a world where they can be forced to sell their teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so, if they do that to someone else, that brings it into play for mm-hmm. all of them. Nice to get rid of the bad apples, though. See you later, Richardson. See you later. It'd be nice to get rid of Daniel Snyder. Just remember him standing up there, you know, like billionaires hate being told what to do. They do. The the name was offensive, period. He got up. (laughs) I'm never going to change it. It was so great when he was forced to change it. That was great. And getting rid of him, would, in my opinion, would be very good, too. The great Dan Graziano, ladies and gentlemen. Keyshawn J. Willemax is brought to you by Capital One with no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees. Banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One, N.A., member FDIC. The 2022 Bill Russell NBA Finals MVP Award goes to Stephen Curry. Hey, I hear all the conversations. I hear all the chatter. We hear all the chatter. Ain't got to talk about it. Just got to go do it. And uh, that's what this is about. Let's understand this. This is the greatest shooter God has ever created. We have never seen a shooter the likes of Steph Curry in the history of the game of basketball. Forget that. We champs. Why are you starting with that question? We got four championships. Hey. So, Dan Graziano still with us. Keyshawn J. Willemax, Harry Douglas in for Key today. NFL.com wrote an article about which NFL player – could change their legacy most during the upcoming oh. season. And, like, Steph Curry, whatever you want. Well, he already had three championships. Mm-hmm. Yep, but for the first time, he was finals MVP. He was the best player on either team. As a result of that, his team won. He had big fourth quarters, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to throw out some names, Dan. Mm-hmm. 
which of these players can most change their legacy by winning a Super Bowl? Okay, some of them will be younger players, less accomplished, more accomplished, older players. How about Patrick Mahomes? Well, I mean, look, I don't think he's going to be the answer to most, right? Because he's already done it. He's been MVP and all. Like, I think it would be he would it would burnish his legacy to some extent uh, and and set him on a path toward, you know, do we eventually talk about him as one of the all time greats if he wins multiple? But um, yeah, I'm winning that second one. But he has time and he's already won it. And but nevertheless, yeah. if he wins it, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. He's would, in an so already a, a, clearly an all time great. Maybe a better legacy for a lot of right. people than Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Dan Marino. You know. But so you said which of these players can most change mm-hmm. his legacy? And then he gave me a list of one. Nevertheless, I'm going to force you to answer the question. So, hey, hey, Jay, as of this moment, Harry, correct me if I'm wrong, he's saying Patrick Mahomes the most. Of that list? Of that list? That's all. Yes. How about Aaron Rodgers? Not Patrick Mahomes. I'll tell you, for me, I think it's Matt Ryan. Oh, sure. Um, You look at a guy who's eighth all time passing on the list, and before, after this year, he'd be sixth right behind Ben Roethlisberger. Mm -hmm. A guy who's been league MVP. He's been to a Super Bowl. The last time he's been to a Super Bowl, though, it didn't end well as yep. Atlanta Falcons lost 28-3. to I mean, they, they blew a 28-3 lead. I think Matt Ryan, and then when he's best friends with a Matthew Stafford who left Detroit yeah. and went to the Rams, and, and then now he's question. in Indianapolis with yep. the Colts and has an opportunity to do it, I think Matt Ryan is, See, is Dan, his clear-cut That's favorite. a much better answer. I don't know why you say Mahomes. Yeah. Matt Ryan <laughs> – Matt Ryan, if he added a Super Bowl, that would completely change his legacy. That's the kind of answer we're looking for, Dan Mahomes. I don't know what's going on. I played with Matt Ryan. I got drafted with him in 2008. Oh, Oh, interesting tie. I mean, they're going to love Thickens. They're going to love him in in Indy. They already do, right? But you're right. I mean, the legacy portion of it, this is a guy that – you know, could be a Hall of Famer, right, with a championship, and it might be without, I don't know, from Hall of Fame voting. But, uh, yeah, that I mean, you can name any quarterback. I mean, you can go, like, on the whole spectrum of quarterbacks. You could say Aaron Rodgers. You could okay. say Tom Brady, right? Seven, eight's better than seven. No, but, like, it, it is better, <laughs> right? but it I mean, wouldn't. Carson Wentz. Really? I don't Carson know why Dan insists on Mahomes and Rodgers and Brady. We're talking about Matt Ryan's a much better answer. But, but here's the unique thing about Matt Ryan. <laughs> Matt Ryan had ten straight seasons <laughs> yeah. where he passed for 4,000 yards. Yeah. Last year in the eleventh one, he was like, I think forty yards shy of the four thousand yard mark with no receivers. So yeah, and but Rod would have made eleven. Rodgers yeah. is an interesting answer, Jay, because if he got to two, he's well, ahead that's of my Brett thing. Yeah. That's my thing. I, for me, is there considering all the drama that we've gone through over the last year with Aaron Rodgers that he's gotten his money, the fact that it seems like he gets to the NFC Championship game and just can't get over that hump. Sure. If he were to get two, like then all of a sudden this whole conversation around, well, the talent speaks for itself. The talent is always there. Even though the chips don't match up to Tom Brady, some people think Aaron Rodgers has more talent than Tom Brady. Yeah. Like Then it starts to draw that into play for me. Let me, let, I, I, I hear you. Let me give you one. Let me give you a young one. You're like, come on, man. Legacy, it's too early. You know, I'm always talking about Justin Herbert. Yeah. Here's the thing about Herbert. There are guys like Stafford who come into the league and the eyeball test is like, oh, my God. But when you dig into the numbers and the percentage and stuff, maybe it's not quite elite, even though you're impressed with the arm and everything. Justin Herbert was, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. There's not a single weakness. He's not just 6'3", he's like 6'6". He's legit fast. Mm-hmm. He has a cannon for an arm. It's a laser-guided missile. He's accurate. He's amazing on third down. He's amazing on fourth down. He checks every single box. If he wins a Super Bowl on top of passing every eyeball test, and then when you dig into the stats, QBR is up there with Aaron Rodgers every year. He's only been in the league for two. If he wins a Super Bowl, already he's 
like when you talk about the all-time great quarterbacks, and people will remember the beginning of that career at the very least, no matter what else happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be it'd be similar to where Mahomes is right yeah. now, right? Like that—that's mm-hmm. the thing. So, but that guy doesn't have a legacy. Like that's the nah. thing. Like who could change his legacy? Like look down the road, how are we going to remember him? We have no idea yet. I mean, he, right. he has yeah. time. He has right. time. He has plenty of time. So yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I think that's. I mean, you could. You really could list. I mean, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a big one. I honestly, that happen. Honestly, I mean, what, what what are we saying about Joe Burrow this time next year if he wins the Super? Lamar's Bowl? I mean, younger like than Burrow, by but the I way. I think those guys yeah. still have time, though. Of course they forget, do, because they're twenty five and younger. But I would they're say already more. at work on it, right? Like there are there's already some stuff in the bank, legacy wise, for some of those. Well, guys. I mean, we'll get a chance to talk about it later. But let's ride if Russell Wilson won oh. one, doing oh. it his way. Great one. Whereas many people have chastised him, like, oh, yes. you run because of your defense. Yeah. You should have run the ball, like. Jay, I like your pick of Russell Wilson much better than Dan's. What about Daniel Jones? No? (laughs) Changes legacy. Hold on to that football. The great Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, ladies and gentlemen. NBA draft is tonight. What player will change the course of a franchise like Steph did for the Warriors? Is there anyone in there that can do that? All right. The NBA draft is tonight at 8 Eastern. ABC, ESPN, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app mentioned the odds of the guys, you know, where they're going to go, all that. Boncaro and Smith, uh, Boncaro's the favorite, and Jabari Smith is plus 150, and then Chet Holmgren plus 1,000. I'm a little surprised by those odds. I figure with Holmgren's size and everything and potential upside. Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. Seth Greenberg is with us, Jay. Notorious B-E-R-G. My guy. So... What up, baby? Good to see you, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> you know the producer no, put him up to that. I you know, love it. I can't love wear it. anything funky on these ESPN shows. You know, <laughs> they call him Lumberjane. Call me exotic. Oh, look, look at he's so exotic. What would happen if we took a lumberjack shirt and put a garbage bag, cut it in half, and put it in front of? <laughs> it would be called fashion. <laughs> it would be called fashion, apparently. Uh. Coach, there seems to be a split with the odds makers saying Boncaro will go one. And most basketball people um, who think maybe it would be Jabari Smith Jr. or maybe Chet Holmgren. Where do you stand on who should go number one? Jabari Smith is a shot maker. He is a scorer. He's not Kevin Durant. But he's got some traits that Kevin Durant has. He has the ability to stretch the floor 40% from a three. He can play in an isolation. He's a very, very good passer. And here's the key. He's an elite defender, and that's where I separate him and Mancara because you look at the Orlando Magic. They've got to get a culture of toughness. They've got to get a culture, a winning culture. They need winning players that can impact the game on both ends of the floor. Jabari Smith is that guy, but he is an elite offensive player and a difference maker on the defensive end. Seth, I'm curious on on Jabari Smith about, you know, I kind of have, I know people say KD, like a Rashad Lewis to me, yeah. as kind of a of a comp, right? Because that length, that sides, does he have the ability to defend the perimeter? Because I see him, you know, drag on the perimeter a little bit more offensively. And I just wonder, like, do you see that in his games from somebody who's watched them a lot? Yeah, he definitely can defend on the perimeter. He can switch late clock ball screens and keep a guard in front and contest a shot. He can literally, uh, if you want to cross match and have him defend someone else at three on the perimeter, he has the ability to move his feet, contest and keep the ball in front. He's an elite, elite defender. He really is. Great hands, gets deflections, gets out in transition, 
uh, can defensive rebound and initiate your fast break, switchable one through four or mm. one through five. Uh, I think that's the difference. Like, Ben Kerr is a special talent, all right? His, his size, his strength, his ability to get in lane, spin, uses. He's got a lot of toys in the toolbox. Like I, I say he's like a little kid on Christmas. He's got so many things to play with, he's not sure exactly which one. But on the defensive end, Paolo Bancaro disappears. I mean, it's just the way it is. Now, look, Duke hasn't been the defensive team they were when you played. Hey, uh, hey. And that's just a fact. So maybe it wasn't demanded of them defensively, but Bancaro does not (laughs) impact the game defensively. Mm. Coach, when you look at – when you move out of the lottery, right, who is a guy or two that can make a team very happy and be a guy that, you know, take a franchise to the next level? Yeah, I think out of the lottery, I think right on that borderline – of the lottery. I love Malachi Branham, the kid from Ohio State. Uh, young, eliminate the first 10 games of the season. He was kind of feeling his way. But he's 6'7", explosive athlete, can get downhill, punch it on you, can shoot the ball. Didn't shoot a ton of threes, only shot two threes a game, but uh, was, I think, a 39% three-point shooter. Has really good length and incredible, incredible upside. Uh, I'm a really big fan of Branham. And then the guy that has really jumped, obviously, in the, in the pre-draft workouts has been Ben Ma- uh, Benedict Matherin, who I think is an absolute stud. Think of Jalen Brown mm-hmm. uh, in terms of his game and his improvement. Really athletic, runs the floor, great cutter, can shoot the three, straight line driver, an elite defender, can rebound his position. I think that's where the NBA is going. Like six, seven, six, eight, multi-positional players at the wing that could be what I call floor gamers. <laughs> If you look at Matherin, you look at Branham, you look at those type of guys, that's the direction of the league as you're building a, a roster. Seth, it's so funny about Matherin. A lot of, players, a lot of people don't get a chance to, to see him considering he played for Arizona on, on West Coast time. But athleticism, man, freakish. And by the way, his ability to shoot that J2. And I mean, look, he's a complete package. I think his stock is rising. We were talking about this before, and I'm curious to get your opinion on this, Seth. If you were the GM of a franchise – and you understood the history of these two players, right? You're able to go back in time. I'm curious which one you would choose, right? What do you think is a better draft pick? Not who is more talented. What is a better draft From the point pick of view for of the, the culture team. of your team that you want to create? Would you draft Steph Curry or would you draft LeBron James? Ooh, Jay will. Right? I mean, it's a little early in the morning to have to deal with this. You know, so all the naysayers are going to say I had a chance to draft Steph Curry when I tried to recruit him in high school. All right? Now, the truth be told, the true story has never been told. I'm not going to get into it right now. But he was recruited in high school, and he was offered. But that's the, uh, another story. Uh, no, you'd have, to go, you'd have to draft LeBron James. And I understand you know, what Steph's been able to do. Uh, which has been absolutely incredible. And Bobby McKillop, he's just retired, did an incredible job with him, and he picked a great situation and continued to develop you know, at Davidson. But Le- LeBron James, what does he do? He impacts the game defensively. He impacts the game on the glass. He can be a point forward. But, uh, Coach, he, can... he leaves you. Steph stayed. If you're the team, who would you rather draft? Okay, well, Coach, here's stick the, with your guns, here, Coach. Stick with your this guns. Sound, this sounds really – Max, Max, he leaves you. Yeah, he leaves you. So, you know, he was in Cleveland, which was his hometown, at, at town, and he left. You know what? He, 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 did ha- he had a, a conflict with his owner, obviously. Healed that up, went back, won a, uh, a championship. Steph Curry was in a place with a great culture where he had a great connection with not only Mark Jackson, but obviously uh, Didn't Steve have Curry. to work he, out he that way. A, a great yeah. connection with his ownership. I think a lot, a lot has to do with what's your relationship with your ownership. That's why guys leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wait, it's just plain and simple. Seth, Seth I, I have to ask you. I have to ask you now. <laughs> just tell me the story. 
Yeah, this is just, just, <laughs> just, just tell me the damn story. Beans, this coach. There was so only you, one so school you, that so, did a so home you, visit with Steph Curry okay. in the ACC. Okay. All right. Steph Curry took an official visit to Virginia Tech. I had a guy named Zabin Dowdell and Jamon Gordon. They were one guy was defensive player of the year in the ACC. One guy was first team all ACC. Our recommendation was that he redshirt. We didn't have a scholarship at the time. We knew we were going to have one available, but we didn't have a scholarship at the time. We said, please wait. It wasn't a preferred walk-on. Be a preferred. Mm. No, it wasn't a preferred walk-on. It was please wait. Uh, but there's a good chance you might redshirt because I'm going to play Xavier Dowdell and Jamon Gordon 35 minutes a game. That's just the way it is. Those guys rode with me for the first three years. We got beat up as we built our program, built our identity, built our culture. And you know what? It paid off because those two dudes are going to both or both are in the Hall of Fame at, at Virginia Tech and both – Went to the NCAA tournament, won a game in the NCAA tournament, one at Duke, one at Carolina their senior years. That was my decision. But, uh, look, Steph made a great decision. But uh, he was definitely recruited. I sat in their living room in Longview in, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. He'd been on campus multiple times. We just we, we couldn't over-award. But, look, I'm happy for the guy. The guy's fun to watch. Terrific player. And, uh you know, it but, didn't work out. But, you know, it's, it's that, unfortunate, I, but it's fortunate for him. You know what, man? I, it's so funny. Like people, obviously, because he's turned into one of the greatest players the game of basketball has ever seen. But if you if you go back into him going into college, like it's nobody had him projected like that. Nobody had him projected like that. Seth, that's the reality of the nature of the business of the sport. Like, so I, I'm with you, man. I, I'm glad you provided clarification. And the on coach, that. the coach is not respond. The coach. Their, their their job evaluation is not based on what the guy eventually becomes in the pros, right? Well, you got a program yeah, it, to run. Help me win now. Yeah, yeah, and and look, look it, it worked out great. And Dell was Dell was obviously a great player. And, and you know, if we had four scholarships available, we had we had a player that was from Dematha High School was a, a very high rated guard that was already committed uh, in Nigel Munson. Uh, but we we recruited him. I thought he was he was going to be terrific. But I mean, I I again I, I'd say it again. Zabin Dowdell and Jamon Gordon were my first two recruits at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech had the worst culture maybe in the country. Never been to the Big East tournament. We moved to the ACC. Those dudes won their senior year. They won at Duke and Carolina within 14 days. Mm-hmm. So let me just say, one guy was defensive player of the year in the, in the ACC. The other guy was first team all ACC. Zabin Dowdell had 36 at Carolina. 36 at Carolina. I was going to ride with those guys. There's something to be said about being loyal to the guys that stuck with you. So that's what I did. But really quick, though, Coach, you chose LeBron, right? <laughs> I chose LeBron. Oh. Yes, I did. He passed on Steph Curry for a second time. Oh, no, exactly. wait a minute. That's not yeah. the point of all this. This, 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 this will Would go viral. Would you ever viral. take Steph Curry under any circumstances, Coach? That's what I want to know. He doesn't like Steph Curry. It's like when you pick against Duke. He hates Duke. Coach K beat him so many times, he hates Duke because Coach K beat him. And you know what my answer to that is? Coach K beat everyone so many times. You would think I the like second it. chance I like he got it to procure you... Steph, he would nope. do it. He didn't know nope. it. You can't. He said, no, I'm going you with You can't pond. give Steph away to, <laughs> to Seth <laughs> I appreciate you guys for helping my social media. I'm not going to oh, turn off. <laughs> You're the best. The great Seth You're Greenberg. You know what? I also passed on Jay Williams. He wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. My guy. All right, brother. Thanks, guys. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. The 2022 Bill Russell NBA Finals MVP Award goes to Stephen Curry. Hey, I hear all the conversations. I hear all the chatter. We hear all the chatter. Ain't got to talk about it. Just got to go do it. And uh, that's what this is about. Let's understand this. This is the greatest shooter God has ever created. We have never seen a shooter the likes of Steph Curry in the history of the game of basketball. Forget that. We champs. Why are you starting with that question? We got four championships. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, Harry Douglas, huh. for Key today. ESPN oh, Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. This our era here, Jay. Watch out, homeboy. Don't let it get to you. All right, listen. Let me tell you something. You play Run DMC. If that dropped today, I would think it's a hot album. <laughs> the first, second albums. And you guys, and you guys complain about the music I play all the time too. No, we don't complain. Oh, yeah, Why would you, you ever think that? Oh, you do. We, we've never you just play some once. stuff I never heard before. And when I heard it, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, it's just your taste is eclectic, and we like it. Sometimes yeah, his taste is a little, you know, red flannel shirty. Yeah. By the way, Jay, you should appreciate it. He plays a lot of red flannel shirt music. Pat, don't talk to me the rest of the show. You leave my red flannel shirt alone. Jay, um, Harry, I know you guys are very aware that on Man in the Arena, uh, clearly other than Tom Brady, I was the star of the whole show. The whole thing was about the cliff, and it's all We're about We're noticing a trend here. It always comes back to Max. It's for some reason. I don't know. It's because of my great athletic prowess. Hey, look, the sky is blue. Oh, Max, my pants are, yeah. my pants are blue. What a coincidence. <laughs> well, all I know is, <laughs> if did you watch Man in the Arena? Because I didn't. But the point is that people keep telling me that a lot of it was about how he was motivated by talk of the cliff, and that was me, right? So now I bring up the point. For anyone else, now everyone who jumped on the bandwagon, Steph Curry had never won an NBA Finals, MVP. He had never proven himself at the end of the season to be the best, like in that, in that Finals, to be the best, best team, player on the, the best court. player on either team. And as a result of that, yeah. his team won. To come can, up big in the fourth quarter, stuff like that. Can always be the best player on the, on the court when there's LeBron James on the court. I mean, You're right. Yo, MJ you can win that one. MJ would have done, done it, yo. MJ would have done it. So the point is... Everyone's telling me, no, 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 because you think I'm rooting for the negative outcome. I'm not. I'm just stating as a fact, if he does it, it'll be something new. Now he did it. Everyone's acknowledging he's now elevated his legacy, and I have been proven right. But more than that, Jay, listen to his coach, Steve Kerr, on the Low Post podcast about what motivates Steph Curry. 
for Steph, he's he's heard it over the years that, you know, he's never won finals MVP. And you know, the last two titles were all about, you know, KD and, and uh, you know, the first one, Andre got MVP. And But as you know, you know, the great players are always looking for what's next and they're looking for another challenge and they're looking for anything uh, to motivate themselves. And I think Steph used that as motivation this year for sure. So you're welcome, Jay. Do you understand? I In a honest, way, Max, I just won Finals MVP. I, I, I've heard Nick Wright's name mentioned by Draymond. I've heard some other. I have not heard Max Kellerman's name uh, mentioned by anybody from the Golden State Warriors team about who are they? Who just, are they referring to there, Jay? Do you think? I just, just say. But it's like Kaiser Sosa, man. You're not even allowed to mention me by name. You can't even name let's check me. Let's just solve this. Let's let's just have them on and ask them. Yeah, let's, I would love to can, ask them. This is the yeah. best way we can solve Absolutely. this. Absolutely. But I, I think it, it. Look, man. It's funny whether people want to take credit or not. Tell you, I tell athletes are built, man. Mm-hmm. Like when I said when Golden State won that this was going to be a summer of pettiness. Mm-hmm. Like we're seeing Draymond Green wake up every day. Like who am I going to roast today? I love it. Who's speaking out of turn today? Because you're always looking for that extra. Like, and it's crazy, HD. I don't know. What's the craziest thing you ever found motivation Bro, from as an athlete? I am competitive when it comes to everything. I take out the damn trash at the best of my abilities and wash dishes. So everything. I'm, it's, there's nothing I'm not competitive The way you about. cut down trees, Jay, is the way he takes out trash. <laughs> to the best of his ability. The tree, man. I'm just saying, I will find ways about the way you tied your shoes or the way you walked and chewed your gum. I was, I was looking for anything that would get me to my optimal point where I would be able to get into competitive well, you have play a, mode. You, it's funny because your every moment-to-moment personality is actually laid back until you're competitively engaged, and then you get angry, and that's when, that's when you're very ah. present. Yeah. So you're like, saying I'm not present when I'm not angry. No, you're just laid back. When you're not, you're, uh, when you're not angry, and then it ignites. That's true. Jaylis, I'm very proud of you as one of my protégés in the media. You mentioned <laughs> Nick right before. I have a lot of protégés in the media. My coaching tree is uh, roots go deep. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. What's KD's future in Brooklyn if Kyrie leaves? That's next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Willemax, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. 